Welcome back to Elevator Inspiration for Sunday School. We're still in our faith series. This is lesson six. It is entitled Power of the Gospel. This lesson starts with who was Paul? Now remember now, this he his earlier name was Saul because he actually persecuted the Christians before becoming a Christian himself. And then he was miraculously changed on the road to Damascus, or better say converted on the road to Damascus. So the next question is, why was Rome important? Now you remember the old saying, all roads lead to Rome? Well, Rome is actually the empire of the world. The capital is the city of Rome. So it was destined for Pastor Paul to go there because of, think about the culture, the trade. I can imagine the magnificent city of Rome. Now it's important to understand when was this book written? It was written during AD 58. So this is actually 58 years after the death of Christ. And it was probably written while in Corinth and Paul is actually on his third missionary journey. So what problems does Paul address to the Romans? Well, the gospel presented concerns about doctrinal and relational matters. And of course, the counter spiritual errors emphasizing the core truth of the Christian faith. Okay, let's get started. Our first outline, outline is entitled Power of Witnesses. This is taken from Romans, the first chapter, verses 8 through 10. All right, the first verse, which is the eighth verse of our lesson, it is of a church. Notice Paul is writing. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all and that your faith is spoken of throughout all the world, of the whole world. Now, this is interesting here. So basically what Paul is saying is he's talking to the people in Rome, uh, the church is Rome. Now remember I said he wrote this letter around AD 58. So you remember if you actually search history between AD 41 and 54, uh, the Emperor Claudius was in range and there was turmoil there. He actually expelled the Jews um, and anybody with Jewish background around AD 49. And this was a great conflict there that they had to be expelled. Actually, Apostle Paul meet Aquila and Priscilla, remember in Corinth, they were from Rome. So he knew quite a few people from Rome. And actually, this the Roman community consisted of Jews that was there on the day of Pentecost. If you actually look at the last chapter of, of Romans, Paul began to list all of those individuals. So I can see why he says here that first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And then he says of an individual, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, make a request if by means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. 
So basically what we see is that Apostle Paul really want to go to Rome. However, there is always something that tend to creep up that keeps him from making his journey to Rome. So the first question I want to ask you is, how does prayer impact your walk in the faith? Then we're going to get a little bit, dig a little bit deeper and says, why is it necessary to improve the ratio of think, thanking for or asking for in one's prayer life? So what is the difference? Why should you be more thankful instead of always asking in your prayers? Let's look at the next outline. It is actually entitled Power of Preaching. We're looking at verses 11 through 15 of the first chapter. And I want you to notice how Paul started off in verse 1. He's saying, for I long to see you. Wow. What's powerful words. That I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, remember when I was telling you that we have here people that he knew that was also Christians. So what Paul is saying here is that he understands the value of face-to-face -face fellowship, something that cannot be equal by letters or messenger. So what he's saying here is that I am really longing to be with you because if we get together, we can really produce some fruit at the end there. That might have some fruit among you, just as among other Gentiles. And he's references that his other churches that he established, how it has grown, and I want the same thing to happen in Rome. And then the last verse, it says, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise, to the unwise. Let me spend a few time here looking at this right here. I want you to look at the word Greeks and barbarian. You know, if you think about that, what Paul is saying here is that he is describing the relationship with unevangelized people that he has never met in terms of owning a debt. He's saying, I am a debtor. I owe a debt to them. And then you see, Greeks themselves were actually Gentile unbelievers in the eastern part of the Roman Empire. So they were assumed to be the most civilized or the most sophisticated citizens in the Roman Empire. And compared to the barbarians were those living beyond the region of the Greek influence who spoke language other than Greek. So basically, in Paul's day, the Greek had a strong sense of cultural superiority based on their philosophical traditions and their refined language. To them, language other than Greek sound like babbling or nonsense or barbarian, quantifying such speakers as barbarian. So if you think about this, because before the Romans were the Greeks, and the Romans conquered the Greek militarily. It is said that the Greeks turn around and conquer the Romans culturally. So the Romans later adopted the category of barbarian to refer to all people who did not have a Greek or Roman heritage. Even some Bible scholars said that he said the same thing when he says both to the wise, reference to the Greek, and to the unwise, 
referencing the barbarian. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. So it's showing you that he feel like he is a debtor to anyone that was an unbeliever because he wanted them to know Christ Jesus. So the question is that I want you to think about is we often focus on reaching people of this of the same ethnicity. Why might we think of differently based on Paul's words in verse 14 and 15, especially when he says, now I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. So then we look at the power of faith, verse 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first, and then also to the Greeks. And he's putting a kind of like a timetable timetable in this that how the gospel first came to Jerusalem to the Jews through Jesus Christ and then later it spread it to the Gentiles and then he says for it is it for it for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith and it is written the just shall live by faith I like that he actually in this by saying something that is written in the Old Testament in Habakkuk 2 and 4 that just shall live by faith. So the question I want you to ponder over is how will you explain to someone the difference between a blind faith and the kind of faith Paul talks about? And then we're going to dig a little bit deeper. How would that explanation different to a believer and an unbeliever, if at all, and why? You know, we're going to be in um, Rome, correction, yeah, in, in the book of Rome, in the, in the next four lessons. And that kind of gives you an opening, which is this lesson six. And then we're going to jump into salvation plan and then God's faithfulness in lesson nine. So when you think about the cross, we affirm that Jesus' cross is about death. We all agree with that. But on the other hand, the cross is also about life. We must come believing that the cross represents the great love of God. And we must convince that faith in Christ has the power to save. So you see how all that comes together when you think about the cross? You look at death, but at the same time, it's life. And believing in the cross is actually believing in the love of God. I mean, great love because he sent his son here to die on the cross for us. And then we must convince that when we have faith in that, that is a power to save us. So my lesson learned from this is this. Like the prophet Habakkuk, who complain about the prosperity of the wicked and the suffering of the righteous, I too must grasp that I cannot compel God to act. Yet I must place my faith in God to do the right thing in his timing, not my timing. And for this reason, Paul reminds his reader of Habakkuk 2.4 that the just shall live by faith. I want to say that again. The just shall live by faith. And I thought to remember is the gospel is powerful for all who 
believe. The gospel is powerful for all who believe. Hey, I enjoyed this, you all. This has been great. Like I always say, see you in Sunday school. I would like to invite you to our See You in Sunday School discussion. It is a Zoom discussion at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday. The meeting ID is 642-382-0755 and the passcode is CU123. Have a blessed day.